Hello, this is Pastor John Willingham of Doylestown Presbyterian Church. It's clearer these days, it's tough to make time. Schedules quickly become busy and calendars suddenly become full. To that end, DPC is excited to now offer this podcast channel, which will allow you to hear a recording of Sunday's sermon from that day's preacher. Whether you listen while taking an evening stroll, driving to and from the grocery store, or anytime you get a free couple of minutes, we hope it can allow for reflection and spiritual growth during your week. We also invite you to visit www.dtownpc.org to learn more about our church, our various ministries, and online giving opportunities. Thank you for tuning in. So today we come to the completion of a journey through the first six chapters of Daniel. We finish our sermon series with the release of Daniel from the den of lions. We've taken three weeks in this sixth chapter to focus on the events that generally define Daniel's life. But this sixth chapter has been divided into three portions and uh, The first portion, the plot against Daniel, John John preached several weeks ago. Last week, Becca taught us from the portion of chapter 6 where Daniel is thrown into the lion's den, and today, Daniel is saved from the lions. Over the many years of Daniel living in exile from Israel, he had proved time and time again that he was a man of skill and integrity, honesty, and amazing gifts. He had risen through the ranks and he had been appointed into leadership by three kings. Currently, the king was Darius, who was reigning over Babylon, and he had been appointed by Darius as one of three presidents who oversaw 20 satraps or governors who were all the king's representatives throughout the land. Now, even amongst the three presidents, Daniel distinguished himself, and this resulted in jealousy. And the evil eye of avarice was being awakened. And they determined to find fault with Daniel, but they could find none. So they devised a plan whereby he would be accused of being disloyal and a traitor because of his religious practices. Manipulating the king, these leaders created a trap that they knew would result in Daniel being killed in a most gruesome and violent way by being thrown into a den of ravenous lions. The text tells us that Daniel was aware of this plot and the document that had been signed by the king that would be his death warrant. All he needed to do was to stop praying for 30 days, but he did not. Daniel was not going to be controlled by the evil desires of powerful men, nor was he going to set aside his worship and his prayers to the God who had sustained him and been with him since his youth. The story begins today with a hungry and tired King Darius rushing to the lion's den, anxiously seeking out Daniel. 
Daniel, servant of the living God, he calls into the darkness of the den. Has your God, whom you faithfully serve, been able to deliver you from the lions? Do you hear what King Darius is declaring in that one sentence? Daniel is a servant, but not his, a servant of the living God, not a lowercase g God, but an uppercase, bold, living, active, attentive, involved, ever-present God. Daniel, Darius cries out, has this living God who you so faithfully serve been able to save you? Darius had hope that the living God could indeed move into a desperate and most assuredly unlivable situation and save his servant, Daniel. Darius, in his respect and concern for Daniel, had hope that a living God would intervene in a dangerous and desperate situation. So while we focus on Daniel and his rescue and God's power, the other character in this story is a pagan king who wields power, often in capricious and careless ways, crying out in hope, hope in a living God. A God that is distinguished from all the other pantheon of gods of the time and the culture, the living one, the active one, the one who sees and hears and knows and saves. As we read and heard in the text, once Darius is assured of Daniel's safety, he makes a declaration, an affirmation, It's in verses 26 to 28. Let me read them again. I make a decree that in all my royal dominion, people should tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is a living God enduring forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed. His dominion will have no end. He delivers and rescues. He works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth, for he has saved Daniel from the power of the lions. Wow, did anyone see that coming? What an outcome, what a reaction. It was not what was expected. A chorus from my Sunday school days has been going through my head and as I have been keeping company with this text. Maybe you're already singing it too. Dare to be a Daniel. Dare to be a Daniel. Dare to stand alone. Dare to have a purpose firm. Dare to make it known. As children, we were invited to be like Daniel to be brave and confident, to share our faith and face trials of danger, like Daniel did. We were encouraged to not be afraid or ashamed to be known as a Christian or a follower of Jesus. But as I reflect back now to my childhood teaching, 
There was something that as a child I could not access. Daniel's bravery and faith did not come from his character. It did not come from his gifts, his personal determination, or his intentions. Who Daniel was in his adult life was an expression of a lifetime of living out his faith in an ever in an ever present difficult and challenging world. Daniel lived out his faith and committed himself to worship of the living God. Day in and day out, when he was taken from his homeland and his family and his friends and taken into exile through persecution, injustice, Powerful kings who were ruthless and careless with their power, in dangers and temptations, alongside jealous co-workers and scheming, spying neighbors, fiery furnaces and hungry lions, Daniel's life had been a long obedience in the same direction. I can't take credit for that phrase. It's a book title by Reverend Eugene Peterson, who was a Presbyterian church minister and also author of The Message. Years ago, Eugene Peterson wrote a book on discipleship, How to Follow Jesus, and the title was A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. Daniel had lived his life in communication with God through daily prayers through trials of what to eat, who to pray to, how to worship, who to bow down to. Through it all, Daniel had remained true to God. In quiet faithfulness, Daniel prayed and worshiped and trusted, seeking mercy with the circumstances of life, of his life. If Daniel was to have a gravestone, I would offer that these words would be appropriately written on it, a long obedience in the same direction. Daniel was not what would be called a foxhole believer. Daniel did not only seek God when times were tough, but his very life was centered around the living God, who was the God to be worshiped, a power source to be called on, a monarch who was the king of all kings. Daniel's life was consistently focused on the one in whom the rise and fall of kings and kingdoms was determined, as well as the fate of people great and small. In theological terms, what Daniel's life was based on was the sovereignty of God. And this sovereign God was living and active and engaged in the events of humanity and kingdoms. Now this theological concept can become problematic, especially if we give in to the idea of a powerful and sovereign God that is devoid of love and grace. If we think that God only sees us as pieces of a chess game in which God is playing both sides, or that we have no agency or will in our circumstances or our lives, that is not the sovereign God 
that we believe in, nor the sovereign God of Daniel. And that's not the concept I'm offering today. Proclaiming the sovereignty of the living God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, does not mean that God capriciously uses humanity for good or destructive purpose. Rather, it is an understanding, a ground of being, a worldview that is based on the one who is all-powerful, all-wise, all-knowing, all-loving, all-sacrificing, who gives God's very self to redeem us. The sovereign God who longs for us with the heart of a father. Dare to be a Daniel, the Sunday school chorus goes, as we are surrounded by foes that pursue us. The foes that could result in our rejecting the living God mistrusting the promises of Jesus or the nudgings of the Holy Spirit, foes that can divert us from our path of discipleship. What are some of those foes? Our hedonistic pleasure-seeking culture that entices us to believe that what we have now and what we experience now is all that matters? Our egos? that tempt us to seek our own self-importance and find our own self-worth by the accolades of others. Our success, when we think that it confirms that we're better than everyone else. Our wealth, that we use for our own pleasure while casting unfounded judgments on those who are poor or disadvantaged or who lack the basic necessities of life. Or our safety, where we would sacrifice what is good and right and caring for our own personal safety with disregard for neighbors or our community. Or the foe of happiness, which can cloud our ability to make decisions for a time of temporary suffering or denial in order to achieve a greater good? Or how about fear? It can be a foe that takes us off the path of faith and trust when it causes us to begin to trust in ourselves, to mistrust others, to doubt God's ability to see us through times of danger and uncertainty are one of my personal favorites, the foe of control. I'm in charge. As the expression goes, it's my way or the highway. That if what is happening to me is not according to my plans, my hopes, my dreams, my wants, I become angry at God. I tell God through my thoughts and my actions, it's my way or the highway. All of these are foes and many more. All that can knock us off our path of following Christ, our loving God, trusting that God is leading us step by step and day by day through the circumstances around us and that God is with us. For Daniel, 
It was a day by day, morning by morning, evening by evening, long obedience in the same direction. Faithfulness in prayer, in worship, in praise, no matter what was happening around him. Dare we be a Daniel? Yes, we dare. Live like Daniel. Each day with prayer and trust, openness to God's presence and God's provision. Dare to be a Daniel. Dare to be a Daniel with a commitment to a long obedience in the same direction. I'm going to close today with a line from a poem that was written by a Sufi poet from the Persian culture of King Darius. This was written thousands of years ago, but I see it as an invitation to respond to the witness of Daniel. Come, join the courageous who have no choice but to bet their entire world that indeed, indeed, God is real. May it be so. Amen. Thank you for joining us on your journey of faith. Don't forget to check out www.dtownpc.org to explore all the ways DPC strives to be a bridge for Christ and a beacon of his love.